Open your cerebral cortex and shift your lobes into upper beta phase because you are going to have Bitcoin knowledge transmitted directly into your vestibulocochlear. Your host at Bitcoin Knowledge is Trace Mayer, an early Bitcoin advocate since it cost a quarter, but this is not intended to be investment advice. A doctor of jurisprudence, but this is definitely not legal advice. And an investor in core cryptocurrency infrastructure, including Armory, BitPay, Kraken, and Mitagio, but this is not a recommendation of those services. Here, you get fed via direct mind download with pure and free Bitcoin knowledge. Here with the legendary <laughs> Trace Mayer, uh, who I've been watching for uh, for a while, and I'm sure many of you have. He's been one of the biggest advocates for Bitcoin since Bitcoin was what price? Uh, yeah, twenty five cents. Twenty five so cents. Two two million dollar market cap for the entire cryptocurrency industry, and a couple weeks ago we hit one hundred fifteen billion. So That's insane. You were gifting your friends Bitcoin and telling them to get into it. Uh, yeah, uh, ra- rarely gifting. Usually rarely. they'd have to buy it. That yeah. way they valued it. Yeah. <laughs> but, a friend gave up Bitcoin a while ago to a friend, and the friend just is holding it, never bought another one. That's a waste of time. Yeah, in fact, we, as we were talking before, the, the fellow we were talking to, we had had dinner, and, and I had sent him Bitcoin to pay for the dinner, and it was something like six Bitcoins. So wow, that's like eighteen thousand dollars now. Oh, okay, I thought you meant this week. <laughs> no, no, I mean well, I was like, that was a hell of a dinner. But, but who were, we were just talking with here at yeah. the conference, and yeah. so yeah, it's been very interesting to see the changes and the increases in the price and the increase in the community and all the new people and all the activity in our companies that are built. You know, like that's exactly what I want to talk about. and Coinbase, yeah. all this stuff. Very yeah. fascinating. Would you like to introduce yourself uh, real quick? Just uh, yes, yeah, so I'm Trace Mayer. I host the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast, where I interview all the CEOs in the space. Uh, early Bitcoin adopters, we talked about, and then I funded a lot of the core infrastructure. So I seed funded Armory, the most secure wallet, BitPay, the largest merchant processor, and then Kraken, the largest Bitcoin exchange uh, in the world now, yeah. fiat wise. Yeah. So um, yeah, just right in the thick of it all. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So so what what uh so Bitcoin has actually just activated. Well, they're in the process of acti- activating SegWit. They've locked it in. Right. And what are your thoughts? What is going on right now? User-activated soft fork. You uh, might have been uh, one of the bigger proponents of that. That what wasn't getting much traction, but now is. The note yeah. Comes. I I don't I don't know that I would say I was a proponent of it, uh, but I I would accept that I perhaps was a catalyst of it. Yeah, it's important. Um, SegWit is. Yeah, so, so this actually goes back quite a ways, you know, this how we're going to scale Bitcoin at the protocol level. Because personally, I think right now the scaling issues are more with infrastructure, with, you know, Kraken or Coinbase. Like Kraken, we get 4,000 support emails a day, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> we, 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 we hired 150 people in the last two months. I mean, how do you train all these people? Like, so, wow. like... The scaling issues aren't necessarily with the protocol; they're with you know the surrounding infrastructure. Uh, but it is a it is an issue, and it's been hotly debated for years. I mean, years it's been going on. And I remember uh, Gavin Andreessen, the former lead developer, he wanted to uh, start taking the discussion public as opposed to kind of technical with the developers. You know, and when you're doing science and you're discussing a critical security measure, you know, you, you don't you don't vote on what to do with the with the rods in a nuclear reactor. Right. You know, you, 
that's not a discussion for Reddit. That's a discussion for the engineers. Mm -hmm. And Gavin lost, you know, the discussion with the engineers, and so he decided he's going to take it out to the public. And so he started doing that, and this was about two years ago, and I had hosted a, a discussion. It was Dr. Adam Back, who cited in the Tor white paper and the Bitcoin white paper, and then Gavin and I, and we did a 90-minute uh, discussion on my podcast where we talked about all this. Uh, because, you know, there, there are definitely arguments on when, all the sides. When did you do that? Uh, that was, I think, October of 2015. Okay, okay. Uh, it might have been 2014, now that I think about it. I mean, it was a while ago. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this SegWit, this scaling debate, like, it's been... SegWit is it's necessary. It's been going for a while, Yeah, right? that, that's what led me to diversify. It's that I got frustrated with the fact that we weren't getting SegWit oh, out yeah. there. Or bigger blocks, just something to push the network forward. And we'd, we'd spent... I mean, we, we've wasted now tens of millions of dollars of developer time hundreds of oh, millions yeah. of dollars of just community time like chasing our tails on a not <laughs> on like a technically irresponsible argument because for, from the technical community segwit is widely accepted right and so so it's been a very hot kind of contentious debate which is great because that's what open source software is all about yeah. like you know bring it all into the square like you know, hash it out, like, knock down, drag out, fight. It's a brutal meritocracy. Like, yeah. if you're just not good enough to get your code, like, pull requested in, like, it's because you're just not good enough. And, like, sorry, it's not about your ego or anything, but, like, go play on a different basketball court. <laughs> you know, like, That's I mean, such a good point. That's almost the whole cryptocurrency scene. And, if you're not smart enough to look it up yourself, understand why you should be in it, then... It's kind of survival of the fittest, it, so I see where you're from. Yeah, it's from. very survival of the fittest. Like, you know, if, you, if you're not going to figure out how to hold your own private keys or, like, understand how you, this network consensus works or why it's important to run a full node, then guess what? You can get taken for a ride by Coinbase, who says, we're not going to support this particular fork. Mm -hmm. And if that fork has 20% of the value and they're just not going to support it, what do like, they do with it? You they, they can take that and use that as well. Well, that would be unjust enrichment, and it yeah. probably like major class action lawsuits. But there's probably to be said class action lawsuit potential for waste mm -hmm. for not because a reasonably prudent custodian would you know secure those ether classics. Yeah, absolutely. Because they have ten or fifteen percent of the value, or you know the fork of the Bitcoin or whatever. But if you're controlling your own private keys and you're running your own full node, you have the power as the user. And that's really a, like the core of the ethos of Bitcoin is not trusting third parties and all of this stuff. And that's what's kind of at the core of the scaling debate because some of the proposals want to increase the cost of running a full node. Yeah. And the way I look at it is like your full node is your shield, it's your protection against like the ball rock or against Sauron or against like the evil the evil forces that want to control you and take your money yeah. your full node is how you fight against that and you vote and, that's your safe and so if you want to if you want to raise the weight of a sword and a shield from 2 pounds to 50 pounds now some people can and can't like hold them right because they're so much heavier and so that's really what the scaling debate's about been about is that the some of these people want to raise the cost of running full notes uh, for people, and I, I just don't like that. And so, you what know, kind that's, of, what that's kind of costs at. would be incurred? Do you think? Well, mainly it's with bandwidth. 
we've got bandwidth costs, we've got storage costs, you know, but those are fairly negligible, but it's mainly the, uh, so, yeah, so, so the main issue with the scaling debate is we've got some people trying to increase the costs of running your full node, and that's your sword and your shield that you take to defend your monetary sovereignty with. And so you raise the cost, you make the sword and the shield way more, like some people just can't, can't wield it anymore yeah, because exactly. they're in Africa or they're in South America where they don't have good bandwidth or like whatever it is. And so in my opinion, we should be keeping the cost to run full nodes as cheap as possible. You know, it's one of the reasons I funded Armory. I want people to be able to hold their own private keys as what, cheap as possible. What is Armory exactly? Armory, we innovated the whole concept of cold storage for your Bitcoins. Mm -hmm. yeah having bitcoins on a computer that's the private keys that has never touched the internet so makes it very difficult to steal like steal or hack or mm -hmm. anything you know and we've seen lots of bitcoins and lots of the ether and just get stolen yeah. you know in fact parity the uh the the ether multi-sig wallet it just had a 32 million dollar breach and that was actually from the software mm -hmm. not necessarily from like uh the network side of things. The network side of things, or like even a cybersecurity attack. It was a it was a purely software bug attack, yeah. which very well could have been Gavin Wood, who was the CTO, who <laughs> might have put that in there and left it in there because it was subject to peer review for six months. So there's plausible deniability, and then he might have been the one that stole everybody's ether, mm. right? Because. It, I mean, why aren't all the people who are holding tens of millions of dollars of Ether in this parity wallet, why haven't they reviewed the code to make sure that it's solid? Yeah, right? it, was, so, it was a so, pretty simple part of the code. So, so they're either grossly negligent or they're malicious, and they're the ones who stole the Ether. You know, and there's no way for them to prove that they didn't steal the Ether. And at the end of the day, the money's gone, right? So, yeah, it's, it's terrible. I mean, I, I've been talking to Swarm City people. They're friends of mine, and they're talking about how now they have to figure out a way to develop Luckily, they have the support of the developers who believe in what they're doing, so they're going to continue uh, yeah, to Yeah, but develop. I mean, when you, lose, when you lose a ton of money like that... They lost I mean, pretty much their main wallet. So. Yeah, you, you... Like, and... You know, did they lose it or did they steal it? Mm. There's no way to prove. Yeah. Right? Um, until you know, they might try to cash it out or whatever. But even if they weren't malicious, they were still grossly negligent because they didn't review the code. The bug was in there for six months. Maybe it was put in there surreptitiously by Gavin... There's no way to prove that it wasn't. But at the end of the day, the puck went into the net on his watch, from what I understand. And so yeah. it's like, well, you, you should have been a better goalie, mm -hmm. right? And, and we've seen this before. I mean, even, even NIST, uh, National Institute of Standards and Technology, they signed off on some cryptographic protocols that had vulnerabilities in them that were placed there by NSA. Wow. So that, so, that so that NSA could get in through back doors. Yeah, so things like Heartbleed. Mm -hmm. Remember Heartbleed? Like, no, no, no. Please, uh, please it, was, it was bug in OpenSSL, I think. Okay. And, uh, and so that was you know, part of, from what I understand, like one of the constants had been compromised by NSA and the way it was created. Wow, I didn't know that. And, uh, and with the Armory wallet, uh, we had two choices. We could have used the OpenSSL library or we could have used another library and we actually used a different library. Smart. Because, like, I'm not taking any risks. Yeah. Right? Like, when I want to secure private keys. Yeah. And, uh, and then it was interesting, you know, like, years later after that decision had been made, like, we made the right decision. So, I mean, like, doing code review, you, yeah, it's survival of the fittest. And we, we had somebody at a, uh, actually, 
it was at the, a New York Bitcoins conference. Yeah, I was there. And you were there? <laughs> yeah, we, we had the U.S. Marshals come up. They wanted us to help secure the Silk Road Bitcoins, which was kind of, that would have been kind of fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but we had someone else come up to the booth, and they were like, you know, why should I use the Armory wallet? And our dev was like, because whoever steals your Bitcoin will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Until <laughs> <laughs> <No>, it isn't. <laughs> right? Like, why, why should I use the parody wallet? <laughs> because, oh, man. Yeah, oh, I know. Poof, I know. Yeah, poof, it's gone. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, you have to, you have to take serious charge of your, your money and everything. Yeah. You know, which is why using highly peer-reviewed software is so important. And guess what? Where, where, where are the internet legends participating? Bitcoin Core. You know, Adam Back cited in the Bitcoin white paper, the Tor white paper, Bram Cohen, the inventor of BitTorrent, Matt Corallo, Peter Woola, the author of Libsep 256 KP1, uh, the author of Segwit, Greg Maxwell. I mean, these are the legends in this space. And guess what? They're working on the Bitcoin Core wallet. And these miners, they were talking about wanting to fire Core. And it's like, fire Core? Like, and replace them with what? Right, and then the Bitcoin Unlimited movement came out, and there were multiple bug bugs that came out with that software. And crash, yeah, and the yeah it crashed. You, I think everything. you call them amateur baseball teams. <laughs> well, I mean, they're not even amateur. They're like they're like bench warming JV, like second string yeah. team. Yeah. It, because if they were any good, they would be contributing to Bitcoin Core. I mean, we've got hundreds of people that contribute to Bitcoin Core. Yeah. That are the top people in the world right. that do this stuff. Like it's not a it's not a company, it's not even an organization, it's a loosely knit open source meritocracy where you gotta be able to contribute code and ideas. And it's not about ego, it's about like the ideas. Yeah. I mean we can be friendly, but if you got a stupid idea, like you are gonna get taken to task with that. And you're gonna be made like that's how you get points. You you make points by pointing out the stupidness in other people's ideas. You know, not making like personal attacks or anything, but just like pointing out the logical flaws and the fallacies and the reasoning and all that stuff. And it's in that brutal meritocracy that we really get advancement. I mean, it's how all of our science is done, right? Yeah, I it's mean, competition. It's like a free it's, market. That's yeah, part of it. Yeah, intellectual Absolutely. competition and meritocracy. And so, like Bitcoin, like if you're not going to use Bitcoin Core, like what process are you going to use? You're going to like use software that's closed sourced like Unlimited or Classic or some of these were, I mean, they were closed source. Well, why, why, why would somebody want to have closed source software? You know, Bitcoin Core, you have access to all of, the so all of the code all of the time. So why would you not want to give people access to the code all of the time? Well, so that you could introduce vulnerabilities and steal their Bitcoin. That's why you would want to have closed source software. Sure, yeah. You know, I mean, that's the easiest reason I can think of. I, I can see that for some individuals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you can't you have to presume no trust, like in this realm, and the, there's no margin for error. You screw up, you don't review the code, and your thirty million dollars of ether gets stolen because there's a vulnerability in the parity wallet. You're done. Yeah. You're done. The money's gone. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least with Ethereum, you can roll back the blockchain. Right or whatever they use. It was a I celebration mean, of the DAO incident. Yeah, like it was a year. DAO. It was a year anniversary. <laughs> yeah. I think a day after that. Yeah, I mean, never a dull moment, right? No. But with Bitcoin, <laughs> with, with Bitcoin, you're not rolling anything back because it's proof of work, 
and there's just a lot of processing power behind it. So like Bitcoin, there's no margin for error. Right. You gotta be perfect all the time yeah. or your money's gone. So what do you see happening now within the next few months? Since user activated soft fork is taking off, we did have active, or lock in for, for Segwit2x. So what, what do you think? Yeah, so what we're, what, where we're at currently, like right now, is we're looking at BIP91 being enforced. And then once BIP91 gets enforced and we have a, a complete activation period of SegWit that goes through, which is about two weeks, then SegWit will activate, and then SegWit will begin getting enforced for the next two weeks, and then SegWit gets a lot, like completely locked in. So we're looking at like middle of August, mm-hmm. uh, maybe third week of August uh, for actual, like SegWit being live and everything. And then that lays the foundation uh, and kind of opens the floodgates for more development and innovation to begin happening with Bitcoin at the protocol level. What do you think? So what do you smart expect? contracts. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm really excited about Schnorr signatures and masked Merkle at, uh, abstract syntax trees and how that'll impact what we can do with smart contracts. Um, I'm really, um, I'm really excited with rootstock. Mm-hmm. You know, and being able to port over Solidity Absolutely. and basically like port everything at Ethereum like over onto Bitcoin and make it interoperable and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I think that's super exciting. Um, I'm really excited about things like Mimblewimble and Tumblebit and... Uh, What's Mimblewimble and Tumblebit? Uh, or, is that like a dark... Is that a Tumblr? Uh, yeah, more or less. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's basically what, the, what, we're, what we're, we're trying to work on improving the fungibility. That's exciting. So you'll be able to make it more fungible with SegWit? Uh, Oh yeah, SegWit's like a foundational tool for a lot of this stuff. Lightning Network, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean we could do Lightning Network without SegWit, but Mm -hmm. doing it with SegWit makes it much more... uh, SegWit's a fix for something called transaction mailability. And in addition to a whole lot of stuff, it really like refines and purifies the code and uh, removes a lot of just stuff that a lot Doesn't of problems that we had mm-hmm. that we didn't need. We're going to see a greater efficiency of the use of block space. We're going to see, um, I mean, just a lot of these things that increase the overall efficiency uh, of Bitcoin and and lays the foundation for our next level, our next levels of inter- iteration of innovation. Do, so, you, do you think that a lot of software is ready for for SegWit to activate? Oh maybe. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get a huge floodgate opening right away of, of oh, innovation. Oh yeah, I mean like Armory, the Armory wallet's already uh, ready for SegWit, for example. It's exciting. Um, I mean even BTC.com, which is owned and operated by Bitmain, who is one of the main people uh, in opposition to SegWit, they, it looks like their block explorer is calculating weight of signatures. So it looks like they're ready for SegWit. Wow. I mean, it, when I say tens of millions of dollars has gone into getting the, the ecosystem and everybody tested and ready and compliant for SegWit, I mean, a lot of people have done a lot of work. And so, like, why are we dealing with 2014 Bitcoin? We need 2016 or 2017 Bitcoin. Yeah, we like, should have went, been like, way past this, honestly. Like, let's get on with yeah, the show, yeah, yeah. you know? Like, you don't see this happening in any other software. There's such a debate for years over one piece of code that almost everyone agrees should happen. Well, I mean, all the technical people agree. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of politicized. Yeah. And there's a lot of, lot of vested interests that would not like SegWit. Blockchain analytics companies. It's going to make their job a lot harder to track and trace mm. and, and do all of this stuff on everybody. 
um, surveillance. You know, it's gonna make that a lot harder. It's gonna make surveillance a lot harder. Um, which I, I feel that those companies are expendable. If they go out of, you know, if they if they if their expenses go through the roof and they just can't keep doing what they're doing and have to go out of business, I feel that, that that's an that's an acceptable casualty. Uh, they're expendable um, because you know we get other uses out of Segway with this increase in uh, uh, the protocol and whatnot. So you know, very excited. But yeah, there there definitely are some vested interests that might not be interested. You're in absolutely right. Segway being activated. <laughs> Yeah, Bitmain, right, which, with, uh, with their ASIC boost, that would cut yeah, it out. Yeah, I mean, they of course denied that they're yeah. using code for the ASIC <laughs> boost, but then they have, like, the code in their hardware, like, yeah. I mean... To this day, the hardware they're pumping out, do you know if it still has that code in there? <laughs> that surprised me. Yeah. I mean, come on, <laughs> the hand's in the cookie jar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but hey, you know... It's a business, right? It's ruthless. It's uh, I mean, that's the business world, right? I, Everyone's trying to make the most profit, so I, I can't blame them. I, you know? I'm, I'm kind of on the same. I'm on the same page as like it's sharks eating sharks. I mean, we, the Bitcoin community used to be much more gentlemanly. It used to be much more collegial. Uh, but yeah, you know, I understand when it's hundreds of thousands of dollars at stake every day, as opposed to you know, fifty or a hundred or a couple thousand. Um, you, yeah, you might burn some bridges not being gentlemanly. You might, you might change the perception from being someone that can be worked with to someone that you have to presume is hostile and malicious. And so I think that the, I think that the Bitcoin community may just have to change the presumption towards miners, and they might just have to assume, for the sake of argument, and the and where they they reason from that miners are just hostile and malicious. And so that means that, I mean, miners might largely be just completely excluded from any future discussions and presumed to be malicious and hostile actors of the PBOC or the Federal Reserve or whoever. Um, now, whether they actually are or aren't, you know, we, hey, you know, we, we aren't going to assert it. We're just going to assume that they are. And that, you know, that increases the, uh, you know, it increases the burden on people writing the software, having to make it stronger and more resilient mm -hmm. and the network and community more resilient but that makes bitcoin stronger yeah absolutely so it's great all of this has <laughs> happened i think for for the best reasons and i think moving forward this is all going to be relevant there might be multiple bitcoin i mean one probably will be the main bitcoin though oh yeah everyone I, agrees like i so segwit i mean when you look at segwit 2x uh there's a Segway component and there's the 2x component right and they're <laughs> not mingled together no not at all and so and, and I, I told Jihan, you know, back in November, we were discussing this, like, and, and he told me, like, he's going to activate SegWit, and he was like, well, why can't we do the 2x work first? I'm like, it's just not going <laughs> to happen. It's just not going to work like that. I, I heard about today, they were, they were speaking about, I think, on Bitcoin.com, there was actually a news article that they put out talking about frozen Bitcoin to try to get the hard fork in yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, via BTC. Recent, yeah, yeah. I actually, actually, I actually went and, like, Tried to create an account there, but they won't take U.S. citizens because oh. I, I wanted to go in and just dump a bunch of BCC because oh, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. trading really high. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, nine hundred dollars. I heard. Yeah, point. it was trading really high, and I'm just like, man, that's a total sell. Even the risk of letting be a BTC hold my bitcoins for a for a week or whatever, yeah. you know. But uh, but at the end of the day, like, you're dealing with seven billion people on this planet. You're dealing with several million in the Bitcoin community. You're dealing with 
a lot of the, just the sharpest technical and business minds and entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. this is where the money's at. Yeah. You know, and it's where the money's going to continue to be at. Mm-hmm. At the height of the tech bubble, it was $2.3 trillion of market cap. And we only had $117 billion of market cap. So we could have a 20, 30x increase in market cap and just be where we're at with the tech bubble. Mm-hmm. And this is way more potential. It's the smaller. This is money. much smaller. This is, we're in, <laughs> the, the world is redefining what money is going to be. I said this is like finding a new world. It's just uh, the yeah. people who are here early are like the pilgrims well, coming in. Well, it's the, uh, the analogy that I've used is Christopher Columbus, the big innovation he made was discovering the trade routes to America. And then he built, and then you had the new continent get built out. But because of how the geography was set up, all, the, all of it flowed through New York with the rivers, right? And that's why New York became just this massive hub of economic activity. Bitcoin is the New York of cypherspace. And Satoshi discovered this, the trade winds for this new continent of cypherspace. I like that. Where we're going to have encryption, privacy, uh, where we're going to have transferring of value, like all this stuff. And that's why all the cypherpunks, all these legends like Dr. Back have converged on Bitcoin. Because, like... This is where the this is where the action is going to be. Absolutely. And when we're redefining money, I mean, just U.S. bank accounts, we've got twelve trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much in euros and yen <laughs> and like all this other stuff? Bond market, gold derivatives. Bond market, trillions, gold, upon trillions. quadrillions. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah, like, yeah, I've heard. Like, I think four quadrillion was the last yeah, number. Yeah, I, I mean, when you're looking at derivatives and and all this stuff, and so. You know, if just 1% of the assets in offshore tax haven bank accounts move into Bitcoin, you're looking at millions of dollars per Bitcoin. I didn't know that. Yeah, two point, two <laughs> just eight, that. $2.8 million. That's wow. if, yeah. So I was the first one to come out with a multi-million dollar price target on Bitcoin. December 2013. I think McAfee just caught up with you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'll happen that fast, and I no. definitely wouldn't make up that like he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think everybody's heard of that <laughs> on national television. You don't, don't want to lose anything yeah. you might value. Oh, man. <laughs> or, or someone else might value. Oh, no. I had, I had uh, differing opinions. I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. How exciting. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I might just sit that one out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll just, I'll just blog about it or something. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Definitely get some page views, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, okay, so I, I've asked this question to everyone uh, at this Freedom Festival, which, which is, where do you see the world in three years? Economically, with Bitcoin or without? Um, <laughs> your view, your own perspective on what your reality might be within three years. Uh, well, the world is in commotion, but cryptocurrency is in forward motion. Uh, and, you yeah. know, when you have this... We're, I mean, we're, we're looking at a transition from the industrial age to the information age. The agricultural age to the industrial age took 500 years to transition. It's going to take 40 to 50 to do industrial to information. We're already 20 years into it. Mm-hmm. And the rate, it's like a jet engine. The faster it goes, the faster it goes. Uh, you know, we're building on all the tools, things like GitHub, uh, open source technology, PGP encryption, uh, asymmetric encryption that Diffie-Hellman came up with in the 70s. Like, we're building on all this stuff we're, with Bitcoin. So we're, we're able to use all these tools. We're able to spread the word with YouTube. Like, YouTube didn't exist 10 years ago, no, right? Yeah. Like in Facebook. So the rate of change is only going to increase. And the amount of capital that's going to get sucked into this black hole that's on the world's balance sheet uh, with cryptocurrency, I mean, it's just going to... It's just like... 
you're going to see stars destroyed. You know, legacy incumbent players. Yeah, I call it. Um, you know, we came from this age of, of glorifying sex and beauty and just visual and and not necessarily information and advancement of the of the mind, which I think is exactly what you're, you're almost saying, which is a transfer of wealth. Yeah, from it's, one group of people to the other. It's it's going to be a transfer of wealth, the likes of which the world has never seen, right. because we're rethinking money from commodity money like gold and silver to fiat currency to now cryptocurrency, math-based money. That's going to be huge. We're in a we're in an entirely different world now. The industrial age was primarily about using industrial yeah, age. Was yeah, primarily so the, yeah, so the industrial age was primarily about using tools to multiply the power of our muscles. The information age, <laughs> no, 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 we're multiplying the powers of our mind. And you know, we're we're not just using one excavator. We're able to use distributed systems to operate tens of thousands. of the free Bitcoin guide at freebitcoinguide.com. Got a question or suggestion? Record your voice at bitcoin.kn. Don't be shy. To help the show, share bitcoin.kn with friends, post about it on Reddit, and otherwise spam the interwebs. Your iTunes comments and five-star reviews are very important to us. Please continue tuning in to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast, where we release interviews with the top people in the Bitcoin world. Now take some choline and let that Bitcoin knowledge consolidate. 